eye-to-eye sports. This is Dorm Room Sports Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's opening day, kicking off the MLB season. We got the NBA, the NFL, and of course, it's opening day, like I said. We got to talk MLB. Let's do it. Tristan, what is on the board for tonight? All right. Well, as you mentioned, opening day today, Schwarber let one go through his legs. Looked like a little leaguer. Um, Shows it can happen to the best of us, boys. And um, we're going to start with the NFL. We're going to talk about what the Browns should do with their picks um, at the top of the draft. And then we're going to talk about which quarterback will be picked first and which is the best. Then we head to the NBA where we are going to talk about LeBron's comments about saying that he would vote for himself for MVP, but LeBron, you're not the MVP this year, dude. Then we're going to talk about the Warriors' chances of getting knocked early. Also, Markel Fultz making an impact. Not very positive, though, right, Dylan? (laughs) (laughs) Then we're going to head to the NCAA, where we talk Final Four and Sister Jean, and also Jayhawks Nova. Devontae Graham versus Jalen Brunson should be a good matchup. Uh, Brunson got named AP Player of the Year in the NCAA. Then we talk about the MLB. We give our way too early World Series predictions. Also, what does David Price have to do this year to prove to Boston fans that he is worth his contract? And we give a couple sleeper teams. So, quickly, let's start with the NFL. Browns have the first and the fourth pick in the draft. Um, What should they do with these picks? A lot of people think they should pick a quarterback. A lot of them have them going Saquon. What do you guys think? I think the Browns should take no chances um, and take Barkley first overall. They have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback right now, um, and they should not bank on the fact that Barkley might be available at four because who knows the Giants and the Jets. I mean, the Jets, they got Isaiah Crowell, but still Barkley's a -a once-in-a-lifetime running back. Um, They should take no chances, and there could be possible trades going on. Uh, Some, you know, the Bills might move up to two or three, but as of right now, you know, the Browns have the number one overall pick. They should just play it safe and select Barkley. I think he's a for sure home run. And, I mean, at four, Sam Darnold isn't really worth the first overall pick, in my opinion. He struggled big time uh, in his last season at USC. His 22 total turnovers were as many as 101 FBS teams. Uh, he struggled behind a young offensive line and young wide receivers, which he's bound to deal with at some point in his NFL career. And USC QBs just recently have not fared well in the NFL, like, Matt Leinart, Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley, and Cody Kessler. So I say they play it safe and take Barkley first overall. And whoever's available at four, at quarterback, they take. I, I completely Ooh. agree. They, oh, they're, no, they're, no, no, no. There's a couple good quarterbacks in this draft, but there's only one Saqu- Saquon Barkley. Well, I, I, I agree with that, but I think at four, got to pick Chubb. Why, 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 then why'd you get Tyrod? If, if now you're just going to replace him with one of these new guys. These new guys aren't good. You think Tyrod's the, the future of the Cleveland Browns? I think so. He's young. He delivered. He's not He's young. made the playoffs. He's not young. Uh, He's like, yeah. what, 27? Wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. So you're suggesting they take Barkley and Nick Chubb? Absolutely. It's Bradley Why? Chubb. Right? Oh, Bradley Chubb? Yeah. Uh, then, they got Miles Garrett last year. They, they, then you have a very good defense. Well, I mean, not very good, but it's upgraded. It's upgraded, and you have um, a quarterback and a running back. There you go. And two, two good receivers in Gordon and Landry. Yeah, I mean, but you have to understand they're going to they're gonna have to draft. This is a quarterback-heavy draft, obviously, and they were at Sam Darnold's pro day. They were at Josh Rosen's pro day. They're going to take a quarterback. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the wrong move. I think, it's, I think that's the wrong move. 
It's it's pretty. I don't know. From I agree with Nick. I think that Darnold is the worst of the three big ones. They're all not really that good. Baker Josh. Mayfield is very good. I like. Mayfield. He's the best. I like He's him the best. The best but they're not going to pick him. I like Josh Allen. I don't know. I think that you know they they're going to pick a quarterback. It's just pretty much a foregone conclusion. I think. I, I don't know. I agree. I don't know. I would not risk letting Saquon. You know, go through uh, two or three other teams before you get a chance at him again. You know. You don't think any of these guys are really great, and I don't think that they need to really stake their whole draft to get like the best quarterback out of the three of them. I think that they're going to end up being pretty pretty equal in the league. So I don't know. I think that they should just take whoever's left, whoever's uh, at four, and then not take any chance and take Barkley at number one. I'm with Johnny on this, and I think Tyrod, I, to me, none of these quarterbacks that are going to go in the top five, top four are going to be franchise quarterbacks. Absolutely none not. Of the, yeah, to me, I none agree. of them really dominated the game. Um, you know, like Andrew Luck, that dude was a beast, um, dominated franchise quarterback. Um, to me, none of these guys have that. So what I would do if I was the Browns is I would take Saquon number one. I think that has to happen. That that's a must. You cannot. You just can't screw that up. And I assume they won't. And then at the fourth. Well, spot, you can't assume that with the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I think now you 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 just have to. I mean, you you really need to. At the fourth spot, you take Mika Fitzpatrick. Get yourself a really really good defensive back from Alabama. The dude's gonna be a stud. I think you do that. Now you have a really good running back. You have Tyrod Taylor, who is a decent quarterback in this league, and you wait for a better quarterback class. Totally agree. Definitely need either Fitzpatrick or Chubb. I don't know. Whoever you want to help that defense. All right, real quickly. So we've been talking about the quarterbacks. Which one would you guys take? I think there's no question it's Baker Mayfield. Um, The only red flags on this guy are his antics and his height. Drew Brees and Russell Wilson have proved height isn't a limitation when you have great arm strength, great accuracy, and pocket presence, and Mayfield has all of those. Uh, And I honestly see his antics as a sign of passion and supreme confidence, which you need at, you know, the professional level. He threw for an absurd 4,627 yards with 43 touchdowns to just six interceptions in his Heisman winning season and won more games than the rest of these QBs, all while facing better competition. Uh, His improvisational ability is incredible, um, and he kind of reminds me of a more under control, uh, more safer. Brett Favre doesn't turn the ball over as much. I think this guy is ready to play in the NFL, and hopefully my Jets make the smart decision and take him at three. I'd agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that people are looking at guys like Johnny Manziel, and they're getting worried about people that have big personalities. But I think that more than anything, he wants to win games, and he's not going to let ego or whatever stop that. Cam Newton has a big personality. He's been winning football games his whole career. And uh, I think if you take away the personality, he's the best quarterback there is in the draft. He definitely has the biggest upside. I think coming out, it might be Allen. Josh Allen's probably the, the best I you think know, he overall. The, physically, he's the best quarterback in the draft. Right now, but I think the, high, the highest ceiling is definitely Mayfield. Yeah, he's a playmaker. He, yeah, and he's, he's a winner, too. Yeah. And, and that's important going, in, going into to a draft. And Josh Allen just did not put up great numbers. Um, he only had 16 touchdowns. And I think just based on his physical abilities alone, he's going to be a top five pick. Um, but he's definitely not the best quarterback in the draft um, by any means. You know, I'm, this isn't the best in the draft, but I think that a lot of people are sleeping on the fact that there is a second Heisman Trophy quarterback available in this draft in Lamar Jackson. A lot of people are talking about perhaps transforming him into a wide receiver, or, you know, a more running heavy, uh, running heavy position just due to the fact that you know, typically run first quarterbacks don't really do as well in the NFL. But 
I, I think that he could surprise people with such low expectations that they have for him. I'll shout out my brother right here. My brother actually wants New England to take Lamar, get him under Brady's wing so he can develop I think Pitt, a if he throw. were to Pittsburgh, that would make the most sense. Well, hey, he, he, I was just saying. He, I was just <laughs> saying, Alvin. He's not going to He the wants Patriots. to come to New England. He wants him to come to New England, develop that throw under Tom Brady, and then you got yourself a good quarterback. That's really all he needs. He needs a better arm. I mean, he, he is a playmaker and a half with his with his ability to to run i would definitely love to see lamar jackson succeed i think he'd he's a fun player to watch in college he's explosive he can really split the seam and um like you mentioned if he can if he can throw the ball more consistently in an nfl type offense uh he he could be pretty dangerous fellas definitely um, but again, to me, Josh Allen is the best quarterback. Um, I'm a big Josh Allen. Mention the physical features. The guy can sling the football. He's on Wyoming. I don't really blame numbers on him. I mean, how much you're gonna do when you're at Wyoming? You don't get top recruits. Um, so, if you're gonna be a top five pick out of Wyoming, I think you're probably pretty damn good. Um, so I think that's all we have for the NFL. Uh, so let's move over. To the NBA, so King James LeBron, uh, when asked about MVP voting, said he would vote for himself based on how he's you know kept this thing afloat. Um, uh, he's he's been the guy for the Cavs. All the lineup changes, all the injuries, he's kept them going. So he should be the MVP, coming from his own mouth. I I I cringed at seeing him say all that. Um, that's, that's just LeBron. I mean, I hate the guy for reasons exactly like this. If I'm watching an action movie, I don't want to hear, I'm the hero, I'm going to save the day, I'm going to best, I'm going to save the princess, I'm the greatest, I'm, I'm, I'm the protagonist. Just, he, he's, he buys so much into his legacy and everything he does and the, the, the narrative behind his career, and that makes it so much less fun. Don't break the fourth wall like that, just go out there and play. It's so annoying to hear him say stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, I understand players saying, hey, I think I'm the MVP, but he gave like a full-blown reason as to why he should be the MVP, mentioning players in and out and, and injuries and all that. So, yeah, like Dylan said, I think when you hear that from him, it's just like, oh, you think back to the decision, and this is just who he's always been, and it just bothers me. It makes it Te- hard to root for him. Telling yourself, you the uh, well, well confidence is good. Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook goes out there and says, I'm the best guard in the league. I'm the best point guard in the league. I'm the most athletic point guard in the league. He might not be right. I mean, I think he's the most athletic, but he might not be the best. But Russell Westbrook would never, ever say, I'm the MVP. This is why. This is why. He did not say that last year. He didn't. You, you can't find me evidence that he said that. So I just think that is so low for LeBron. I mean, think of a guy like Dirk. You think Dirk would ever say that? No. 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 I mean, it, it's not classy. I don't think he's the MVP um, this year. I think it's no. James Harden, clearly. And I, I just think it's low. It's, it's really low. Uh, and I, I, sorry. Uh, I just said I hate LeBron so much. Um, his <laughs> ego, ginormous. Having said that, I think that he is the MVP. His numbers really, he has more rebounds than James Harden. He has a better field goal percentage by far. Uh, his assists are close, his points are close. And again, if we're, you know, debating the, the definition of the word valuable, I think LeBron wins that too. You know, uh, but again, LeBron, let's let's let the media members decide that. We don't need you to so plead your he, case so openly. Here's here's what I have to say uh, about this. I think LeBron probably could should 
should, could win MVP every year, probably except for last year because Russ went off. But he's the best player in the league, best player in the world. In my mind, there's no doubt about it. But to say that you've kept this thing afloat and to be third in the East when the Celtics lost Gordon Hayward. Also, the Kyrie's Sixers are coming out. up on them. A couple exactly. games behind only. Kyrie's been out. Many of the Celtics starters have missed 10-plus games, and they just went 4-0 on the West Coast with minimal Horford, no Kyrie. Morris was injured. Brown was out. Smart's out. So... To say that, I think, is a little bit too much because you have teams above you that are facing the same kind of problems, and they're performing better than you. Yeah, and then for him to just say, to be able to still keep this thing afloat, like you said, he's just putting the success that they've had on him. And hey, that might be true, honestly, because he's the best player in the league. But still, um, I mean, people just root for the humble guy, and being humble is, I think, the there was like a. I saw like a Michael Jordan thing. I don't know if it was commercial or whatever it was for, but he was like, people are always asking who's the best player of all time. Dumb question. The real question is who's the best team of all time, and then he breaks it down. I like to hear that from my greatest player of all time. It's a team game, and LeBron James goes out there. I'm the best player in the league, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you why my team needs me and all this stuff. I don't care. Just play the damn game. It's also like one more thing I'll say before we move on. It's also uh, you kept this thing afloat. Like, no 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 you know what no you know like we we know that buddy we 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 we're not stupid we watch the nba we don't need you telling us how good you are like we're not dumb <laughs> Tom. also i would mention that a lot of players keep their teams afloat oh absolutely well. so I think it's kind of a broad statement but anyways um so the west uh looks like it's the rockets right now um they've been really good all year um the warriors are hurt Curry is going to miss the first round of the playoffs. So wh- what are the chances the Warriors get knocked by, say, like the T-Wolves or one of those lower <laughs> West teams before even the West Conference Finals? Yeah, I don't think that's happening. You know, they're just too good. Um, even without Steph for that first round or perhaps the second round as well. I will say this, and I've said this probably a hundred times now, it seems. You know, on paper and just looking at, you know, head-to-head matchups so far, the the Warriors are the inferior team to the Rockets this year, but I really can't bet against the Warriors. They're too good. They have way too much talent, and they have so much playoff experience and so much experience playing together. I, I think that I think that they uh, they're not in bad shape. I've been saying this for a while. It's just not the Warriors' year. The West is stacked up to get to the finals. They'll have to go through probably the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers and the Rockets, and that's ridiculous. Um. I don't see him going all the way this year. And I'm kind of annoyed that Steph is hurt only in the sense that when KD brings them to a first round victory, he's going to be like, see everyone, see, I won the first round without Steph. I don't need him. I'm, I'm the best player in this team. And that's going to be annoying, but he's going to be proven wrong when the Warriors get beaten by either the Blazers or the Rockets. Hopefully the Blazers, just because Damian Lillard has been trying to figure out how to be that team for a long time. And it'd be cool to see him do it. The Warriors' record without Steph Curry is 13-8. and eight. Uh, and, and some of those games, Durant wasn't in there either. Um, but most of them, Durant was, was still playing. So 13-8 and eight in a Western Conference with teams like Houston, Utah, who's a tough out, Minnesota, OKC. I mean, 13-8 and eight doesn't look so good when Steph Curry is such a good player because he can spread the floor so much and he can dribble 
uh, penetrate and kick out to his shooters. Kevin Durant can't really do that. He 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 can't really do that. So when you don't have Steph, ah, man, I, I, I can see it. I I kind of agree with Dylan. I kind of agree. With, I, I think maybe we could see it. People are getting hurt on that team. I think that with the injuries that have piled up and their fatigue and the talent in the West, it's just not their year. We got to see Clay too. What if Clay comes back and can't shoot the side of a barn? I mean, it's when you when you injure your shooting hand, it's not easy to to get back in the in the groove so quickly. The reason I say the Warriors may may have an early exit is because you know, as we all know, the West is so tough, and their you know their first matchup is could potentially right now at least if it were to be the way it is now would be against the T Wolves against Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, some young guys. And, you know, I think Carl Anthony Towns had 56 the other night. Yeah. <laughs> so, all, you know, if one of those – if he gets hot during the playoffs, um, I can totally see the Warriors going down because, like Johnny mentioned, Steph Curry is so important to this Warriors team. Like, he is the heart and soul of this team. And uh, they're definitely going to miss him, even though I do love my boy Quinn Cook. Th- think about this. Let's say Draymond, right, isn't 100%. Maybe he, he gets re-injured again. Now – Carl Anthony Towns is matched up against Zaza and and you know a guy that that really can't match up against him. So all Zaza right. would just take him out, so it's all right. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Good call, Tim. All right, so let's talk about Markel Fultz. Uh, he made his return. Um, I think his first game he had ten points back. Um, he he looks so- solid, decent. But, uh, Dylan, would you care to help us to his next contribution? Oh, my goodness. This is the worst rookie year of all time (laughs) from a first overall pick and from any pick. The guy injures himself trying to change his already working jump shot and then is out the whole year and then comes back. Jump shot is still broken and he injures their best player right before the playoffs. This has got to be the worst contribution of any player ever in NBA history. Like, I'm sorry that, like, he was trying to get better. He's trying to do whatever. And that nothing is his fault in the sense that he's just trying to do what's best. But, oh, my goodness. He could not have taken a single more step wrong than he has so far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of this guy. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice kid and whatnot. But uh, I feel like him and Jason Tatum are forever going to be intertwined in the history of the league. And so far, Tatum is really, really taking him uh taking him for a ride uh you know he's you said he did well his first game back he shot 30 uh 39 5 of 13 kind of needed to be a little higher if, if you want it to be first round uh first overall pick and the game when he injured their best player he went one for five from the floor uh i don't know i mean obviously off the ball he did a little bit better but i i need more from him i mean this team passed up on lonzo who you could say eh but I think Lonzo's better. Tatum, Mitchell, DSJ, Laurie Markkinen. They, I can already tell they made a mistake. He doesn't even fit on this team because Ben Simmons can't shoot. Um, so you kind of want to provide a guy that, that can drive and is so strong, uh, a good passer too, with shooters. And Markel Fultz, like Dylan said, can't shoot right now at all. And it doesn't look like that jump shot's coming around either. So he's kind of useless on this team. He had a nice little 10-point, 4-rebound, 8-assist game when he came back. But, you know, what's what's this guy's ceiling on, on the Philadelphia 76ers? I would trade him. I'm 
I know this has been said a million times. I'm still baffled and so confused how you forget to shoot a basketball. How you can play enough basketball to be good enough to be drafted first overall in the NBA and in the span of like three months just totally forget how to shoot. It baffles my mind. I, I, can't, I can't see this kid succeeding at all. I, I don't know. Well, I agree with you, Johnny. I think the sixes are too jumbled for him there. Because, I mean, what are you going to... TJ McConnell has had a good year. Yeah, like, he, he's. I think he's better backup point guard than this guy. So right now, but I I think Fultz can can be valuable because he can get he can get some players rest when they need it. Um, he can be out there. He the first game he proved he can at least play. He can at least play. Oh, um, which is something that I think is always good because now you you still have more depth. Um, with him coming back. Um, how much he will help contribute? I'm I'm not really sure. All right, let's get to what we've all been waiting for, fellas. The MLB season got underway today. I'm a little salty because the Red Sox lost. Um, that was a tough up, L to take. Gave, yeah. up six, so. gave up six runs in the eighth, so I may or may not be on the fire Alex Cora train yet. But, you know, it's only one game. We're getting there. <laughs> so let's start off. Um, actually, let's start with... Talking about the Red Sox, um, the Red Sox signed David Price to a large contract uh, a couple years ago. Um, has not really performed well. So what does he have to be this year, guys, for to satisfy Red Sox fans? Because right now we're really kind of pissing him because he hasn't really done anything. Well, I mean, this is one of the toughest markets in baseball, right? Um, it it's going to take a lot to satisfy them. <laughs> Obviously, once uh, once the Boston media and fan base makes up their mind, it's, it's pretty hard to sway them the other way. Uh, I think that he needs to be, you know, close to where he was in his uh, in the prime of his career, Cy Young days. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it happening. I see him being better than he was last year, obviously, without the injury. I, I don't see him, you know, completely redeeming himself. I'm a big fan, but no one else is, so who knows? Yeah, um, I agree with uh, Tim's assessment. I think for David Price to be successful in 2018, I feel that um, as long as he stays consistent and um, tries to tune um, outside comments out from, say, the media and fans, I think he'll do a good job. I think, like, the key to playing in Boston is to have definitely have, like, a thick skin. But that's what guys like John Wester and Chris Sale have in their – or have or that's what John Lester had and Chris Hill currently has that but um yeah I think as long as Price can emulate that I feel um he'll be in for a solid season I think he's definitely getting surprised some people this year he did have a solid spring training yeah I get it's like spring training doesn't matter all that much it's mainly just to help guys uh get back into the swing of things and get the rust off but um yeah I think he's definitely in for a strong season I talked about this with a friend today actually David Price has to be back to what he was because, you know, he was good in the playoffs last year. Very, very good. Out of the pen. Out of the yeah. pen. Out of, and that, that's a good point, Tim. Out of the pen. Um, can he get back to throwing, you know, uh, 90, yeah. 100 pitches, you know, every, every seven games, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, five, but yeah. Whatever. whatever. I, five, seven. But, um he he needs to win. He he needs to win the fans back because he lost them, but he he gained them back. You know, in the playoffs last year. But he needs the fans back on his side, um, and it's so important for him to play well this year. So then, you know, Red Sox Nation can be behind him. 
I don't think that he needs to be the Cy Young this year. I think that that's too much to expect from him at this point. I think he needs to be a starting pitcher. Just be the t- number two pitcher. Be uh, like a low quality ace. Well, and just do your job. Here's the thing: would <laughs> the Red Sox rotation right now? The it's obviously Porcello, Sale, Price. Then you have Hector Velazquez and Brian Johnson. I think you need a little bit more from David Price than you need out of Brian Johnson. I just I can't expect that from him. I can't expect that from him at this point. I I agree with Dylan. After a guy who really hasn't been his best for so long, I think you just need him to be a decent, solid pitcher. Go out there, throw six to seven innings every game, give up three runs. I want him to go 16 and 8. ERA of three is fine. He's got to keep the ball down. He got clobbered because he's leaving his two-seam fastball, or his cutter, up in the zone. And that's only 90-91. So guess what? Yahtzee, I'll see you later. Taking it for a ride. Stanton's going to hit five of those out in one game. So for him to be successful, he's got to have good control, and he needs to keep the ball down this year. Um, I remember uh, a comment he made to J.D. Martinez when he was trying to pitch him to come here, and he was like, you know, J.D., you can come here, but, you know, just a heads up, they're going to boo you. We don't, we, I'm not going to boo J.D. I'm not going to boo J.D. unless he sucks. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm on the record of saying I don't like J.D., but that's, I'm not going to boo him, you know, if he hits home runs. He He's not David runs. Price or Pablo Sandoval. No, no, no. Uh, you know, I'm just going to move this along real quick here. We're <laughs> sleeper teams. All right, the New York Mets, please. They did all right. Now, the injuries that have been there, they're like the worst luck team in maybe all of professional sports. Seems that like they, they have this rotation that has never been matched before. Every year, like half of it is gone. Uh, if they can stay healthy, which it might be like the hugest if ever, if they can stay healthy, they're definite World Series contenders. But they won't, and they're the Mets, so they're going to lose. But, you know, if they stay healthy. Um, I don't disagree with that. I've heard a lot of good things about the Mets, um, but the Mets usually find a way to screw these things up, so uh, I wouldn't go buying into that all, all, all at once. It also is um, interesting to see they got a rookie manager in Mickey Calloway, who was the pitching coach for the Cleveland Indians under Terry Francona last year. And um, so, yeah, the Mets are going through a uh, similar time right now as how the Yankees and Red Sox are currently with um, hiring uh, two young managers who haven't had managerial experience, although Cora has had some experience in Puerto Rico and as A.J. Hinch's bench coach last year for the Houston Astros. But yeah, it remains to be seen um, what the Mets do. And I think actually it's pretty cool, if you ask me, that um, they're now um, – so many young managers that are starting to uh, come up and take the reins. I feel like there's kind of like a uh, evolutionary um, shift, if you will, almost. Like you don't always have to be like to be like a, a manager, like in a big market. Like you don't always have to be a guy that um, has a lot of experience under his belt. But um, as long as say like if you're a former player of the organization you're managing and you know the ins and outs, like say. Cora and Aaron Boone, then, yeah, I don't see why it shouldn't be a problem. I think I think uh, the Phillies, the Phillies now, they, they were able to get Jake Arrieta. I mean, we know what he can do. Carlos Santana, uh, he hasn't been great, uh, but he's been good. He's not the pitcher he once was. Um, he's a uh, first baseman, Santana. 
Oh. Yeah. Oops. Well, anyway, with Jimbo um, alert. Jimbo. With Santana, Jimbo. Um, you make a great point there. Like, although, like, um, See? See? yeah, I mean, he's not always, like, the most consistent power threat, but he's certainly reliable. And also, he's a terrific first baseman. He started out as a catcher at first, but, um, yeah, once he made the transition to um, first base, he's just been solid, and he was also a uh, Gold Glove finalist last year. Well, for me, guys, my sleeper team, Brewers. Here we go. Are Milwaukee. they even a sleeper, though? Listen, they're, they're looking nice. Okay, look at their division, bro. They finished second in it last year, which I think was a surprise to many. No one really sees them as a contender, right? They see them as a good ball club, someone that can make some noise. And uh, I'm on that train. I like to see him make a run this year. I want to see him make the playoffs in that tough division. And I, I kind of want to see him get all the way to the championship. So there's my sleeper. You know, also speaking of sleeper teams for me, I'd tell you I'd have to go with the Oakland Athletics. I know that like they're in the middle of a, a rebuild year. I know Tim is not there's liking no what he's hearing right now. There's no but, way. Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a long shot, but... Hey, I mean, they have a, a good young core in place at the moment. Matt Olson seems to be a solid first baseman so far, especially is a great hitter from what I've seen of him. And also signing a guy like Jonathan Lucroy, like what they did. Um, during for cheap? The, uh, yeah, for, on the cheap for, in a uh, really weird MLB offseason. Mm-hmm. I think when he brings in that veteran leadership, I think he'll definitely be a plus for the young guys. Let, let me tell you why. I mean, quick. they have like low expectations, but like, I mean, I wouldn't count them out. But they can definitely give some of the uh, big guys out west some problems. Let what me tell you. Too? Let me tell you why they're not going to do well. Okay, their rotation right now is Graveman, Manaya, Mengden, Triggs, and Gosset. Johnny, have you heard of a <laughs> single one of those players? No, I have yeah. not either. Those I are have. not players <laughs> that are going to take you to a playoff spot or to. Uh, the heights that are the one spot in the AL West, especially with a team as good as the Houston Astros. I, I think the A's are they're definitely a few years away, um, maybe more than a few. I mean, they kind of had that good run a, f- a few seasons ago, which was a few seasons ago. Yeah, in 2013. Um, but they've been... The team's pretty much completely different since then. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, all right, so real quick, real quick. Here's our way too early World Series predictions. I'd say for me... Um, yeah, although they they blew it in the eighth inning today, it's still they still got some ways to go. I'm, wow. I'm going to be taking the <laughs> Red Sox against okay. the, against the uh, let's see, let's say the Washington Nationals. I love it. I think now like um, the Nationals, yeah, they they may have um, wet the bed a couple times. Pardon <laughs> my language. Um, <laughs> in the uh, how dare you? <laughs> I won't tell Bryce. Especially in the uh, division series, but um, yeah, I think now like. I got a feeling you're going to get their act together this year. And same with the Red Sox. Like, even though, um, like, most of their team wasn't exactly – didn't have so much experience with the in the playoffs, like, especially with um, – against Cleveland and Houston. But those guys were definitely amazing opponents. But, um, yeah, I think this year I think the Red Sox are going to be different. And also, you mean – I mean, I kind of find it surprising that so many people are writing off the Red Sox, like, immediately that they think <laughs> the Yankees are going to win – um, by a lands- win a division by a-, a landslide. I mean, don't get me wrong. New York has a terrific offense. John Carlos Stanton is a terrific addition. But also, I just think, like, there's still, like, some doubt in my mind that, like, I don't know if, like, 
the other um, key players like Aaron Judge or Gary Sanchez or Gregorius will be able to um, repeat their career years that they had last season. I think there's definitely going to be some regression. And, I mean, I wouldn't write the Red Sox off at all. So that's why I, I think in addition to um, making the World Series, I think they're going to win a division 95 and 67. It's definitely going to be a tight race. I hope you're right. Uh, I hope so too, Red Sox fan. Um, I'm going to disagree, Coming though. from another Red Sox I fan. I think that uh, Houston, <laughs> Houston's still in a very good position. You know, they're kind of getting doubted a little bit just because the, the whole back-to-back World Series thing hasn't happened since the Yankees back in the 90s and uh, 2000. So uh, I'm, I'm picking them from the American League, and I'm on Tristan's side. The Brewers were good last year. They made some additions that made them better. I, I like the way that they look, and I'm going to take them to win it all. Um, oh, wow. I'm going Indians. I think the Indians are getting heavily slept on. They were the best team in the regular season last year, in my opinion, had that huge win streak, and they fell apart a little bit. But I think that they've learned from that, and they're going to come back, and they're going to play well. And I think their their window is still very much open to win. Um, and I see them playing the Dodgers because, I mean, teams have made a lot of moves out in the uh, National League, but I I – I don't know. The Nationals seem to make moves every year. Guys, teams like that seem to try and get stuff done every year. Um, but the Dodgers proved last year that they were able to do it. And I'm sure they're pretty upset with the way things turned out, and they're going to be hungry to get back there. So I got Indians over Dodgers. Uh, I'm a big Red Sox fan, but I I think the Yankees are going to win it all this year, guys. I I really, really do. Low-key um, agree with you. Just did, didn't want to hear those words coming out of my mouth. Oh, of course. Uh, I, I have to say it, um, and I, I look for Aaron Hicks to have a ginormous year. Keep that Seems mind. like right, you we'll picked a name out of a lineup, but I don't know. No, no. I, I, he's good. He's good stuff. All right. Well, for me, I mean, it's going to be Cubbies out of the NL. Bold. Really Cubby. hope not. Cubbies are... Uh, they're going to come. They're going to have a strong year. For me, they were a little disappointing last year. Um, they're going to be better, have a comeback year. They will make the World Series. And, uh, yeah, they're going to take on oh, – God. I, I had I, – I can't it, – it hurts. But you know I, you want to I say re- Red Sox. I really think the Yankees are going to get there this year. The Yankees are going to win. They have a high-powered offense. They have a good bullpen. How about that starting pitch? But, um, Are you sure that can hold up? <laughs> Severino. I mean, they what almost... What about the other guys like Tanaka and I mean, Gray, they almost... Sure? W- they were one game away Sonny last Gray. year. He can be good. And that was before they added 60 home runs. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, I think the Sox have a great chance. Like Galen said, Yankees, their whole is the starting lineup, or is the starting pitching. For me, the Sox, their top three right now is at least very good. And when they get guys back, I think they'll have a very, very good rotation. But their trouble is, again, as we saw today, the bullpen. Um, so it should definitely be fun. This will be a fun season. How, how many friggin' homers will Stanton hit? Who knows? In Yankee Stadium. But that's all we have time for today, fellas. That's enough from Dorm Room Sports Talk. Check us out again next week. Adios. Peace.